Dear friends, it is Christmas time, and, and with that, some have said it is the most wonderful time of the year. And uh, I would relate to you that it has the potential to be the most wonderful time of the year. It has also the potential to be a whole lot of other times of the year that are not so good. And um, I was coming across a video that kind of summed up sometimes how I feel about the season. It's, it's slightly humorous, and get ready, it's even a little bit snarky. I thought I'd uh, share with you this video on, on someone's perception of this wonderful time of year. It's the Christmas season. It's that time of year when you unbury all the decorations from the attic in the garage and put up the Christmas tree. You find that missing stocking with the reindeer on it. You clean out the gutters so that you can string up the lights before it snows or you're the last dark house on the block. The kids have road games, early practices, that huge history project, and final tests to study for, along with five different Christmas parties and your son's extra holiday hours at his part-time job. When can you start driving again? Don't forget to write down the dates and times for the performances and the rehearsals of the programs at church, at school, and at the senior center where they want you to come dressed up as an elf. In tights. Then there's the shopping. Your son wants a new gaming system that can read his mind. Your daughter wants a doll that you're going to have to make payments on. Your sister's emailed you three times asking what you want for Christmas and why you haven't just gotten an Amazon wish list set up already. Your spouse thinks maybe the two of you should just get each other a new furnace for Christmas or maybe just donate all the gift money to orphans in Cambodia. And then there's the secret Santa thing at work. What's a white elephant gift again anyway? The school sent home a note saying half the kids have strep. Your spouse came home with a box of double extra strength cough medicine and a case of Kleenex boxes. You're pretty sure there was something wrong with that last piece of fruitcake you just ate. And your daughter's so stuffy she looks and sounds just like Rudolph. Christmas is at your parents' house this year and at your spouse's brother's place down south and at your aunt's place on the lake. If the weather's nice and your kids sleep in the car, you might just make it to all three. And you should make sure that you stop in at the office party for at least a little while. Also, your friends are in town, so could you set aside a night of the week to do a special Christmas just with them? Oh, and can we do it at your house? Your boss needs you to make sure you get that project done before Christmas, even though he's going to be out of town until January. And you have to cover for your coworker who spends every Christmas in Hawaii. Also, none of your contractors will answer the phone after December 15th. Plus, you need to make that green bean dish you're so good at for Christmas dinner and that peppermint dessert all the kids love for the other Christmas dinner, and something gluten-free for Uncle Dale, and a backup ham just in case your mom's stove blinks out again. Also, there's cookies and carols at the church on Saturday afternoon. Everybody bring two dozen. Oh, and don't forget, Jesus is the reason for the season. Merry Christmas. Right? He was a little bit snarky even, right? And, and, and we look at that and we hear all those lists and, and you could probably add some things to the list. I'm hoping you can take some of the off the list. But, but regardless, it is so busy. It's so overwhelming. There's so much to be done. And so there is a potential again to end up at the end of Christmas not refreshed, not really excited about the new year, but just emotionally, financially spent and then overwhelmed. But here's the reason we're gathered. I don't think it has to be that way. In fact, I think we can have maybe the best Christmas yet this season. And I would tell you that I believe God wants to work maybe some of his greatest things in you this Christmas season. But we have to be careful with a few things. And we have to be careful, I believe, on what we're hoping for. All right, that's what we're going to talk about today. And to get our minds uh, going on this section, I won't ask you what you're hoping for this Christmas, but, but maybe bring to your attention, what is something that you might hope will happen in the next three or four weeks? Okay, so 
give you a couple seconds here. Bring to your mind something that you hope will happen in the next Christmas season weeks that are coming. Are you ready? And now you don't have to tell me, but I want you to share it with someone around you. Are you ready? So we're going to do that now. Share with somebody around you what you hope to have happen this Christmas. Go. All right, all right. Some of you are telling life stories, I can see. All right. All right, we're going to bring it back. We're going to bring it back. I have got a list of things that I think might fit the bill. Um, if you are in the uh, Bloomer family, it starts with My Little Pony. What is old is new again, and so that's the stage we're at. It could be a tablet, you know, some tablet, maybe the iPhone or iPad. Uh, some might wish that when I get together with family, it's going to be awesome and, and everything's going to work out well. Uh, some might just want a break, like I need a chance to recoup and just have time off. Some shrimp and eggnog, and I'm not talking about together, like we don't have a bowl <laughs> with eggnog and shrimp, that'd be gross, but like on Christmas Eve anyway, I eat shrimp and I have eggnog, they're separate, right? Um, some might be Christmas music, who's listening to Christmas radio? All right, yeah, that's good stuff. And then Christmas lights are Christmas blow-ups, as my uh, daughter Nadia calls them, and a blow-up. We were driving in the car, and she said, Mom, Dad, I just saw a cat blow-up. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and then I recognized this was a, a lawn decoration, so no cats were harmed in the process. Don't worry, cats don't actually blow up. We're talking about those decorations. So maybe you like the decorations. In fact, in New Lenox, I saw one of those houses that go with the radio. You know what I'm talking about? Like they fl flash and twinkle, you tune in, and that was awesome. So I, I want more of that this Christmas, right? And, and so we have a lot of hopes going on, don't we? And it's just the time. I mean, no one has to tell you to hope for anything. You just naturally do it because there's this sense or you've had a Christmas that was just so awesome and fabulous that we're just, we're just hopeful, right? But, but I think, and I would tell you, that hope is tricky. Hope is tricky, and here's why. Because there is an upside to hope, but there is also a downside to hope, and no one wants to be on the other side of hope. To talk about this, to talk about that downside, I wanted to bring up... Uh, the Bulls season, and uh, one of my favorite, favorite players ever, which is D. Rose, right? And you consider last year in D. Rose, we love him. And, and you can just sit the bench, D. Rose, you know, and, and take your time. I love you. You know, when you come back, that's when we'll dominate, right? And so everything was gearing up, and we even had commercials return, you know, and, and hope and all that kind of stuff. So when D. Rose gets back, we're going to take the heat. We're going to take it all. Boom. We fast forward, right? And let me just say that, that my hopes for NBA championships are, are much, much less than this, this man's life. I, I hope he does well, whatever he's doing, right? Let's just get that out there. But as a fan, you know, my hopes were pinned on him. And now, I don't know, you know, hope's kind of dashed when it comes to the Bulls season in general. Again, hoping he's well, but I don't know if we can do it. And that's a tiny example of the downside of hope. You know, I was reading the Bible, and, and it talks about when our heart is sick. And wise King Solomon wrote a book called Proverbs, and it talks about heart sickness in the Bible. And heart sickness is not attached to financial difficulty. It's not attached to a romantic relationship gone wry. But rather, it's attached to the downside of hope. Look at this proverb from Solomon. He said, hope deferred, or hope that never comes, or hope that didn't happen when you wanted it to happen, is what? It makes your heart sick. 
You know, it's, it's hard. When, when what you're wishing and hoping and waiting for doesn't come or doesn't work out. And I've rephrased that, and uh, you know, this is loose analogy, but misplaced hope, I believe, can mess you up. And, and this may be for a day, maybe for a month, maybe for a year. If, if what I wanted didn't come, my goodness, it's hard. But there's another side to hope, isn't there? In fact, Solomon goes on and now leads us to the upside of hope, and he says this in the same verse. He says, but the tree of hope fulfilled, or, or but a longing fulfilled, or that hope, is the tree of life. And so if I could re-paraphrase this, there's little sweeter than the hope fulfilled. When you open that gift and it was like, yes, that's exactly what I wanted. Or, or when you ask that, you know, to go on a date and she says yes or I will or, or it all works out and the Blackhawks win the Stanley Cup. These are all, I, I want to set off some fireworks. That's great. Let's do it. Hope is great when it works out. And so, in this season of hope, I would say keep hoping, but let's maybe pause Let's maybe pause and, and really think of what we should primarily hope for and hope in. And let's maybe look at God's perspective on the whole issue. And that's what we're going to do today. Because I believe more than anything, I want you and I want myself to have this overwhelming sense of peace this year. And I believe it's possible because a Savior is born. Let's get hope right. So let's turn to our lesson. And we're going to read from uh, Luke chapter 1. And uh, Luke was recorded by a disciple of Jesus. He walked w with Jesus, and he was a doctor. And, and he records maybe the most famous portion of, of Jesus' birth. You know, Luke 2 is what's usually read on Christmas Eve, and that's this man's um, recording of what happened. And he's going to tell us about two people, Elizabeth and Zechariah, and of their hopes and how God fulfilled them. So let's, let's get into it. It says, In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly, which, knowing the rest of the Bible, means they had faith. And again, they followed God. There is not one who is completely blameless, by the way, you or I or anyone else, but they had faith in the Savior and followed Him. So, go on. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And, and understanding this section is really he won the lottery. And lottery for priests isn't a trip to Hawaii or to the Super Bowl. He could burn some incense that day. Out of 700 other priests, he got the honor of going into the temple and serving in that fashion. So he goes in. And when the time for burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid. And if I could re-paraphrase, have peace. There's reason for peace. Don't fear. Put that aside. And why? Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him to John. And he will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents of their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people, Prepared for the Lord. And so we hear 
And we're going to hear through this series an angel announcing. Four times an angel announces to different people and says, do not fear. Or in other words, have peace. And why could they have peace on this day? Because God had heard their hope. God had heard their prayer and he was going to answer in a big way. And they would conceive and give birth to John the Baptist, who of Jesus would say, John the Baptist, there's no other greater man who's lived than him, who would prepare the hearts for the coming Savior. And so let's learn from their story of hope today and learn how God deals with our hopes and how we can handle hope best with him. All right. So to continue, I, I was thinking about Christmas shopping a little bit. And um, who is sending a Christmas package somewhere? Sending? Got to go to the post office, and God bless the post workers, right, and UPS, and man, I went to do a bulk mail, and there's so much going on, and, and I wanted to tell you a story, if I could, of, of me trying to send a package last year. I have a, a sister who li- lives in Vero Beach, and we got this big, you know, box, and so go to the post office, and, and this is not usually true for me. I was on time. Like, this wasn't like the day before. Like, this was like two weeks before, which for me is like, whoa, you know. So anyway, and so I go and we send it. And, and there are different options, right, of how you can send it and overnight and all this kind. Of, so we go bottom barrel, parcel post, right? And that's like saving 20 bucks. So we're okay. It's going to get there. Well, as time goes on, we're getting packages and, and, you know, one for my sister comes. And I'm like, have you heard, seen ours? Or no, no, it hasn't come yet. And, and Christmas Day comes. And... They don't get it. And so I try to figure out what happened. And I, after a long conversation, I figured I actually put on their old address. Their old address was on the box. And something you need to know about parcel post is they will not freely send it back to you. That for return shipping, you need to pay that baby again. I didn't know that before. I know that now. Watch out, parcel post. Anyway, and so I am now in this thought process where I put on the old address, and now my package sent parcel post with no tracking number or update is in the abyss of Christmas packages. Like, you know, in this just floating universe of lost stuff, there is that package, and can it ever be retained? Well, long story short, they got their package, and and I think the Vero Beach post office workers knew me by name, and it was a long, you know, send it back and send it back and all that kind of stuff. But watch out, Parcel Post. So maybe you should get the tracking number and the update and all that kind of stuff. That's a tangent, helpful advice. Here's why this matters. I believe in our relationship with God. You know, we're communicating, aren't we? He's communicating through his word, and we have the privilege of prayer. But I don't know how the experience is for you. Sometimes when I send out that prayer, when I give that request, it can feel like I sent a parcel post. Because heaven doesn't send me a tracking number. And I don't get an update by email whether my prayer has gone through Bedford Park or Carroll Stream. I'm not sure where it's going yet. And it can feel sometimes, maybe it's just floating in the ether of heavenly atmosphere among all the other prayers. And maybe I should even resend it because I'm not sure that it got there. And maybe, you know, I need to just resend and resend and resend over because, you know, enough attempts will finally do the job. And then I look at this lesson. And the angel announcement. And what is the peace that we have today? Look at verse 13. It says, The angel says, Don't be afraid or have peace and why, Zechariah, because your prayer has been heard. You and I need to know that in our relationship with God, that delivery system is a good one. And you don't need a tracking number and you don't need an update because he's got it and he's heard it. And with such confidence, you can approach your heavenly Father. 
With such confidence, you can bring him anything that's on your heart and communicate anything and know that he's heard you. And a pastor doesn't even have to pray for you. You can do this yourself, knowing that he hears you. And so let's turn our attention back to hope. What if this season we just outletted all the things we're hopeful for and left them with him? What if this season we took time just to say, you know, Christmas is coming up and it has the potential to go one way or another, dear Jesus. I don't want it to go that other way. So here's what I'm hoping and send it. It reminds me of a conference I went to. I went to a pastoral conference uh, about work processes. They wanted us to be more efficient and effective. And, and the name of the conference was Mind Like Water. So how to handle everything in your mind. And, and they said one of the healthy practices you can do is to mentally unload all the tasks of your mind. To write them down, either on a, a pad or write them on the computer. And the magic of when you do that is your mind says it's accounted for. Your mind says, okay, I can stop thinking about it. Because if you don't write down those to-dos, your mind will continue to repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. Send the email, send the email, send the email. But if you write it down, there's the magic. It's accounted for. You can move on. What if we did the same thing with our hope? See, you and I go through the Christmas season, and we're going to repeat and say, oh, I hope, I hope, I wish, is it going to, is it going to, will they, will they? And what if we just said and mentally unloaded all those hopes to our God? That is my encouragement for us this season. To say, Jesus, you know who I am, and you know what my life is like. You know me better than I know myself. You know all that I'm hoping for. I give that to you. And to know that when we do that, it's accounted for. And to know we can stop this continual cycle of, well, is it, or can I, or will it come, or to just know he's handling our hope. He's got it. And he hears us, every bit of it. But when we hope, when we pray, I think we need to know a few things. First, what is it that we can talk to God about? Does anyone know? What can we talk to God about in prayer? What's the magic answer? Anything. Exactly. And so God just loves a relationship with you. He loves, just as you love to hear your ch children talk about the day, He loves to hear from you. So again, you can just mingle for a while and, and know that it's not a waste of time and know that you're not doing it wrong. All right? Just talk. But I think there's a few things we need to know about when we pray and when we hope. I was reading from James, and James says this, that we should live in this kind of way. He says, that instead you ought to say about your plans, or we can maybe extend it about our hopes, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. So dear friends, if you are praying and putting your hopes before the Lord, I would just say as you do that, know he's hearing, but make plenty of space for his will. Make plenty of space for the fact that he knows what's truly best for you. Make plenty of space for the fact that that he might have a different plan. Now let's talk a little bit. What happens when we are on the wrong side of hope? It's going to happen to us all. I believe when that happens, when it's a no or it doesn't come to be, it has the potential to tear us up like nothing else. When something I was dreaming for didn't come, it, it created a season of grief and misery. It created a season of heart sickness. Can you relate? When I wished for something and wanted it and it wasn't sinful and it didn't come, what do we do then? What do you do then? 
Can I give you advice if that happens to be a season? I think if that happens when a hope is deferred, doesn't come, or is just dashed, that we should take our focus off of the ways of God because the ways of God might cause confusion and on to who he is. So again, to move from what he's doing to who he is. Because if we look at what he's doing, I'm confused a lot of the time. When I look at what his activity is, I don't have the crystal ball and I can't tell you what's working out. But when I look at who he is, man, is there clarity. Man, has he revealed that to me. Man, is the Bible clear about his character and his nature. And this happened in the Bible. Can I tell you another story? There were people um, who went through the worst of times, the devastation, the destruction of the city of Jerusalem in 586. And there was a book written about this devastation. On the other side of hope, everything was dashed. And it's a book called Lamentations. They were lamenting over everything that had gone on. And yet in the middle of this book is some wonderful hope. In the middle of dashed and wrong side of hope is this wonderful perspective on who God is. Look here. It says, because of the Lord's great love, what you need to know about God is He is love all the time. And because of that, we don't need to be consumed. And then it goes on to those to say that the Lord is blank. Could you fill in the blank? The Lord is, He's good to us whose hope is in Him. You need to know that when you don't understand, because I won't and I wish I could tell you, but I can't, He's still good. He's still the author of love. He's still working for your behalf. And I don't even know how this makes sense sometimes, but he can take that bad and he can make it work for best. And I love that about my God. Because I'll never tell you all his ways, but I can tell you who he is. Please know that about him. And when hope has failed, just go back to who he is. Go back to his goodness. Go back to his love. That's the God you've come to celebrate. That's the God who came into this world. And that's the story of Christmas. See, everything he did at this time proved his love. He sent John the Baptist wise so that people who are stuck in sin could turn from that sin and turn to a Savior. He made sure that the prophecies would be fulfilled and he'd be born of a virgin in Bethlehem, the town of David. And why? So that we could have a Savior, a Redeemer, who gives true hope and and knowledge and eternal life to all who believe. This is the hope that will not fail us. And all this he did out of love for you and I. And everything he's promised is a certainty, whether it be forgiveness or the resurrection or your home in heaven or his guidance in your life or his hearing of your prayers. It's all yes in Christ. This is your God. So we've talked about the downside of hope. And if you're there, I'd love to give you a hug because I know what that's like. Let's talk about the upside of hope too. You see, when Zechariah and Elizabeth heard this announcement, it wasn't just about that they would get something good. It was that God was going to blow it out of the water for them. Look at verse 14. Verse 14, it says, He will be a joy and a delight to you, but then it goes on, but many will rejoice of his birth. So you see, it's not just going to be good for you. I'm going to blow it out of the water. I'm going to make it good for many. And what you thought would be good in your mind, I'm going to exceed your expectation because I am that good. And when I talk about exceeding expectations, I can't help 
but think of what we've been doing together as a church and how he has faithfully blessed us. And, and if you're new to Amazing Love or if you're not new, it doesn't matter. I just want to tell you some of the things and ways that he's exceeding expectations. I remember getting here and, and the knowledge of trying to start a church with a group of core people. What was going to happen? And we didn't know. But we knew God could be faithful as we just continue to follow him. And we've seen him bless us. Today we're going to get one of those membership directories and you're going to be able to see all those new faces. And you're going to see people who God finally has brought and God who is finally using and God who is purposing together so we can give him glory. And we were coming together worshiping for a while, 60 people, then 80, then 100. The last three months we've had on average 130 people. Last week was 170. And why do I tell you numbers? Because numbers represent souls hearing about their Savior. And people are important, my friends. This is people hearing about the birth of Jesus and knowing the knowledge of peace that he brings. This past week we learned about how God was working through our technology videos, that we were closed captioning some videos, and, and this actually went even to Canada, and others were inspired to do that. And how God continues to use the faithful efforts of his people. I'll never forget our, our new member welcome, where from wall to wall there were new people again. This is not taken for granted, dear friends. And I want you to know that it's a privilege to do and to walk along Jesus with you. And I think he can still exceed our expectations as we put our hope in him, as we just take the next step. But that's the thing. See, I believe that when our hope is linked in him, when we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, it's then that we get in that, that area where he can even exceed and go beyond. And so let's talk about where we might place our hope finally to conclude. Now, if I would hypothetically hope that tomorrow we would discover alien life forms, and if I would uh, hope that tomorrow, because we discovered alien life, we would also be able to create spaceships like Star Trek and Star Wars and be able to go to light speed. If that was my hope that all of this was going to happen tomorrow and with certainty we would know we are not alone, how certain is my hope? Not very good, right? Let me set up a, But if I set up a different way and I say, well, I'm hoping that the sun will rise tomorrow, and even if it's cloudy and even if it's going to be cold, and it probably is, how certain is my hope? Very, right? You're holding hope, aren't you? And I would tell you, if you hope this Christmas season for that toy, if your hope is based on family being perfect, if you're hoping that you will be refreshed because of the relaxing break you got, if you're hoping that all the food will taste good and be good and be good for you too, if you're hoping that you'll feel completely healthy, if you're hoping that the Christmas music will give you those warm fuzzies all the time, even when you're feeling sad, if you're hoping that those decorations are going to be the true joy of your Christmas, I would say that is maybe setting yourself up for a wrong hope and maybe has the potential to disappoint you. But, but if your hopes are those of a spiritual nature, if your hopes are found in the Savior most of all, if you're hoping that God would work through you such a spiritual revival that you would have peace and joy and the Spirit in you, if you hope that you could see Jesus in that story once again with beauty, that he is my Savior, and he came because he knew my name and wanted to take me to be with him forever, if your hopes are those, 
I think he can not only meet those hopes, but exceed them. And so would you pray with me? Would you pray with me? And we're going to invite God to handle our hope the best and to give our hope over finally to be a spiritual one this Christmas. Let's pray. Lord, we turn over to you all the things we're hoping for this Christmas. Whether it be hopes for family or for increase or for that gift. But we also trust your will. And we know that what you have for us is truly best. Most of all, we want to go through this Christmas season pinning our greatest hopes on you. So would you revive our faith and bring us that true Christmas peace as we rejoice over the birth of our Savior. Amen. Please, be, please stand.